Hi everybody, how's it going? My name is Oshin Quinn and welcome to the GA and Gym Podcast. We're back for another episode here. This one's a slightly different one. Um, we're kind of not with a GA player as such, but um, we actually have a, an MMA fighter and um, a guy that is within the MMA circles now is sort of being tipped to be the next big thing. Um, when you watch some of the fights, you, you wouldn't be surprised, but I got chatting to him up in Belfast and I think the first thing I, I found was like his mindset was was amazing and um he's actually a year younger than me but it just the mindset whenever i was chatting to him i was like this guy is clued in he knows where he's going he's very focused the way he was kind of working on his mindset i just thought this would be something that'd be useful for everybody else to hear so um ask him on the podcast and do a workout and he was he was more than happy um so we have uh yeah recently signed the cage warriors which is like the the level below UFC so in order for you to fight at UFC you go through Cage Warriors and then you're into the UFC like Conor McGregor and all done it so um, Cage Warriors have a load of fights in Ireland now this year and he's probably going to be one of the main fighters in that there um, so I think over the next year you're going to see a lot more of him and you're going to hear a lot more from him so it's going to be interesting to see the, the next year um, but yeah um, so without further ado we have uh, Paul Hughes on the podcast today a lavy man and um yeah, I I, th- I thought this was brilliant. I love this conversation, so I hope you just do too. Um, also, Paul does uh, coaching in Belfast in a place called The Unit. Uh, so if anyone is looking to maybe, like if you get uh, watch the YouTube video, you'll see kind of the workout we've done. If you want to go and try it out, I would definitely think about um, hitting Paul up because it was a very enjoyable session. I'm, I'm definitely going to go back. But anyway, check him out up in Belfast. Um, Instagram, Paul Hughes MMA probably the same on Facebook and all, but go and check them out. So yeah, without further ado, um, next episode in the GA and Gym podcast is with Paul Hughes. Okay, Paul Hughes, welcome to the podcast, good to have you on. Not too bad, we so got there. It, it took us a long time, <laughs> it took us two weeks of, first of all, getting organised and then half an hour to set up the computer and then about two hours to write GA and Jim <laughs> on a whiteboard. If you're watching this here, you'll see what we're talking about. If not, we've tried to do a bit of artwork and it looks like two five-year-olds have come <laughs> on and, and write GA and Jim on a whiteboard. It's a thing of beauty. It it's really a, is. It's a thing of beauty. It's that. actually, I don't even think I spelt, uh, I've just made squiggles here for H's <laughs> and stuff. Anyway. Um, it's a thought that counts. Well, this is it. So, um, for anyone that's maybe not in the MMA circle, why don't you kind of explain a wee bit about yourself give us a, a recap or yes. introduction to so yourself for the, for the 99% of people who don't know who I am for as, now as, uh, for now as this is a GA and gym podcast obviously we're branching out diversifying we're exactly exactly um, well obviously as you say my, my name Paul Hughes I'm a professional MMA fighter I'm up there of course up there <laughs> um, I'm 22 I've been fighting professionally uh, in MMA since I was 19 um, and uh, my record is 4-0 so all all victories at the minute all first round finishes mm-hmm. so I'm getting there in my career at a, a, a two year layoff um, as I say I turned pro when I was 19 um, and I had a bit of an injury layoff with hand fractures and I was out for two years and then I got back finally at it this year after surgery and I went 3-0 and this year so I'm back on track again yeah and you're um, to anyone that's uh only listen to this for the GA aspect of it. You have played Gaelic before, <laughs> you're a lavvy man. Yes, mate, I was the biggest guy head you'll meet back in the day. And uh, I think you remember, uh, you tell me, Fahan Beale actually retired you. Oh, uh, don't tell me. <laughs> I 
I think, if I recall correctly, it was my last ever gag game was was a minor championship. I think it was minor championship in Dungiven or something, and it was Fahan Vale that put us out. I think so, and uh, so I've still got a wee bit of beef. Yeah, right. so that's cool. That's cool. I mean, we can, we can fight about it later <laughs> if you want. Um, and uh, your your family's obviously big in the football. Your brother was in the senior yeah. panel last year, and also you of these are big within Lavi then as 100%, well. Hundred percent. Like we are a GAA family. Like uh, as I say, I was I literally I was just as obsessed with GAA as I was with yeah. MMA now. Uh, that's sort of the the personality I have is like I'm I'm all in on something. Mm -hmm. And as I say, like uh, I was my whole childhood up until I actually found MMA and started training at fifteen. It was just it was GAA. Yeah, it was hurling football. Like playing for school, playing for county, playing for yeah. for club. It was literally I lived and breathed it, right. and, and I mean I lived and breathed it like just as much as I do MMA now. So what led you like getting into MMA? Because obviously Lavi wouldn't be a hotbed of MMA. Like what <laughs> what got you into that? Um, so there was actually a gym. Apologies to anyone listening. My voice is still a wee bit hoarse. It was on the sauce the weekend. <laughs> it's on the sauce. <laughs> I've been sick for the last two weeks ever since. Ever since me and Oshin went in the rip <laughs> about a month good ago, times, like good say, times. I haven't recovered. <laughs> but uh, aye, so there was there was a just a, a small gym that opened up near my house. Uh, it was in Castle Dawson. It was only like ten minutes away, and I was always I always loved uh, watching boxing growing up, and I always loved like Rocky, like things like that. And I always wanted to box, and my mum would never let me right. because I was just so actively involved in other sports and. Okay. And Ga and I also played soccer for Balamina as well. And uh, as soon as this gym opened up, actually one of my best friends in school, his brother trained there, his older brother, and I was just begging him and begging. I was like, please let me come, please let me come, because I just wanted to try it. And he actually had mats in his garage at the time, so his brother would show us some of the stuff he was learning right. at MMA. And I was just like, oh my god, this is the coolest shit ever. Yeah, like this is just the best thing ever like the whole principle of, of like MMA and Jiu Jitsu is like being able to, to f defeat the, the bigger opponent mm -hmm. and like I wasn't very big you know what I mean when I was like 15, yeah. 16 I was sort of always like the wee like the corner forward uh, I was the wee yeah. flashy yeah. player until I started sort of getting older like 15, 16, 17 then I started like developing especially with the MMA yeah. as well it helped yeah. me but uh, and then I went down one day went to the beginners class and honestly like after one month I was utterly hooked yeah and i just went from completely living and breathing gaa to like one month later thinking i need to pack this in i need to go really? i need to go all in in the mma and like i still continued with the guy and i played on and off until i was 18 and then after i got my heart broken up and uh, i didn't give in that day we were out of the championship we've done as many a team and uh that was it i packed it in and yeah now we're here i turned professional in an mma that year so aye do you ever miss playing football or anything or hurling or of course of yeah. course mate how, how couldn't you yeah i sort of i always get like a big shock anytime i go back to a gag game like say i'm going to support my brother play or or watch Derry or something like that every time i go down <laughs> i go down and I, and I just can't get over how much people are shouting at the referees <laughs> and i'm just like this is absolutely nuts because you come from mma it's sort of like martial arts respect and all that there and then you go down to owen beg or whatever you watch a championship game and you're like holy fuck and then Aye. if you're watching if i'm watching lavi play by the end of the game i'm the one doing the Aye. same <laughs> i'm like fuck's sake referee you just get long. so into it like don't you 100 percent. like the passion's Aye. still there when I, when i watch games like that like uh 
my my team growing up, they won the under twenty one. Yeah. Um championship there last year, I think it was maybe it was two. The year years before ago. we beat us in the final actually. Oh really? Yeah. There we are. There we are. Uh, we got you back. But yeah. uh, they got to the Ulster final and all and that was my team growing up mm-hmm. and like I went to watch and support them in every game and it was just oh the urge was there. I would have loved yeah. see especially see whenever what I thrive most and I think actually it's probably the reason why I love MMA so much and how I get into MMA is because in in games like I thrived like I as I say I was always sort of the smaller guy but in games I thrived on when the games got got tough yes like when I got into the last five minutes when it was a draw and people are getting stuck in HR whether that's hurling or football like I just thrived on that on, on people getting stuck in HR and like trying to break the yeah. guy I was marking and just always trying to beat uh-huh. him like I was always so competitive even in training and all like uh, I just always wanted to be the best like always wanted to perform at my best and I think that that sort of intensity that I loved about GAA is is the reason why I love MMA so much is because yeah. like it, it's li- to me it, it's the ultimate form of competition is fighting is, yeah. is getting put in into a cage locking it and two people fighting mm-hmm. like there to me there's nothing more pure and and nothing no no greater competition than that yeah and I think that's sort of why I got the love for it like was that that intensity I had like that we that last bit of the game that we real intense but you get that literally from the minute you step in yeah. to the minute it's finished yeah, like that's it it's it's such a rush like there's there's nothing better right is there anything else like a, do you know anything else that gives you a big rush or anything like you don't do um, anything else frank to be honest mate i i li- i don't really do much just else batter people apart from a train martial arts yeah. do you know what i mean there's there's so many different disciplines in mma obviously you've got like boxing mm-hmm. kickboxing Muay Thai, wrestling, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Judo, like it's really a nev- never-ending process. Yeah, are you so always learning? Every day is different. Do um, you mean? Would you have any that you would be strongest on, or would you say you're you are good all around? To be honest, um, I was very fortunate that I started day one into an MMA gym, mm. whereas people even a few mm. years older than me, like MMA is like a very very new sport. Yeah, like I'm sure ev- everyone knows mm-hmm. that. So like people were coming in and they maybe had a boxing background and then somebody else had a wrestling background and then they were trying to learn the opposite aspect and then they were going against each other where it would be like striker versus grappler yeah whereas i was fortunate just to start day one in mma so i'd like to think that i'm pretty competent in every area just as equally but if i, if I was to sort of say one area like as i said as i said earlier i had uh, had an injury streak of handbrakes mm-hmm. after my pro debut and, and i fractured my hand like four times in the space of one year Fuck. so obviously i wasn't striking with that hand so i was doing four times in one year four times in 12 months crazy and was that just like you healed it and then it, you went back out and trained and it broke again or so in, in my debut in bama i was in the ssc um i broke my left hand it was actually one i, I ko'd him in the first round and uh-huh. the shot the shot that actually dropped him first I broke my hand at it, but obviously at the time you don't feel it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I broke my left hand there and uh it was the first time I'd ever been injured in MMA. Like fucking in, in GAA I was getting I- injured Aye. every week. So I was never had an injury in MMA. Still to this day, never had an injury apart from my hands. Yeah. But uh broke my left hand at that night and then as I was coming back preparing for another fight, once mm-hmm. once it healed up, I ended up breaking my right hand. And obviously at the time you can imagine that was just Aye. that was the most heartbreaking thing ever finally making your pro debut 
working hard for years for it <coughs> and actually and going going viral on my debut and like having loads and loads of yeah. hype and loads of offers from if around the world like as a 19 year old from Derry that's just finished playing ah like it's pretty surreal yeah. do you know what I mean having that and just getting all these m- mad offers and all what do you mean like offers like offers to go and train places or fighting deaf cards well, or o- offers from promotions to say yeah. me number one number two just just mad mad amount like there was three three point two million people see my debut. Fuck um, that video. Three point two million. So you you can imagine the amount of like you know what social yeah. media is like. Uh, I'm sure you get mad messages yeah. as well. I know you're a strength conditioning coach, but like I'm sure you probably get mad messages because yeah, that's yeah. just how it is. It, it yeah. It's a it's pretty mad Instagram and. Uh, it's a weird it, thing social media like. It it really is mate. It's sort of it's it's a real eye opener like but. Uh, like as you 3.2 million people there's, there's a lot of people were writing me like i still get messages from that fight because it's still on my page really? but uh as you like as i say like having having two handbrakes in that was that was six months and that was the worst thing ever sitting out of that yeah. having, having them offers on the table and teasing you nearly exactly and knowing like how hard i'd worked just i was ready to reap the rewards of it and then as i got back training for another fight scheduled broke my right hand again so that was three and the third time was the worst because i honestly thought my career was over yeah like at 19 i probably turned 20 at that stage i thought i was never going to be able to fight again because i couldn't train yeah i couldn't not break my hand i I wasn't even hitting hard but then i I ended up finding out that i wasn't taking enough recovery time and that wasn't even my fault that was that was the fault of the doctors yeah telling me right you take three months the first time i did broke the other hand different they said right take six months this time and i did well six months to fight again so i didn't start punching until about five months later yeah and then it broke again and then after the third time uh, as i say i honestly thought my career was over and and that was so hard that was that was the hardest thing in the world and as as i I say came back then started training again had another fight scheduled and the same hand fractured again number four yeah in in the space of of i think it was 13 months but the the fourth time i, I almost I, I almost accepted that i might never fight again right so it wasn't as hard to come uh, back from because <coughs> i sort of had to i had the feeling of i might have to retire yeah so if this heals that's great but if it doesn't i'm ready for it i'm, I'm, I'm ready for it yeah and then very very thankfully um, my my uh, physio Paul McCormick, big shout out to Paul McCormick. Come on, Paul. I'll, uh, come on, Paul. right. <laughs> he got me in with the top hand surgeon in the country. Right. And mate, I I just was looked after so well, and he got me in like two days after seeing him, and the surgeon, he's so busy, it takes months to to book in with him, and he uh he see me in his lunch break, because Paul, he, Paul obviously oh, he owed Paul a favor or something like that. Uh-huh. But uh, he saw me in his lunch break, got me in in front of everybody for the x-rays and uh, got the hand x-rayed and he goes, right, well, you're not going to be able to fight again if, if you let this heal naturally. He says, right. you're going to need surgery in this, you're going to need plates and screws in this to, to secure it because mm-hmm. the same thing's just going to happen again. And might I say, that was after I had went to the fracture clinic and they had told me, no, <laughs> healing, it, healing it uh, naturally is the yeah. best way. So I, I was going to sit for another year out and let it heal naturally. And then the, the top surgeon goes, 
you need this fixed immediately. And he got me so in for surgery. Got me in for surgery four days after I met him, all through the NHS, straight to the top of the queue. So potentially, like, you could have had that done uh, after the first one, had you known? 100%. Had I, had I have known, had I yeah. had the proper guidance, I was just listening to the doctors, do you know what I mean? I think that's, like, a good example, <coughs> and it's not to fucking uh, hate on doctors mm. or, or anyone that's in that field, but, you know, always get a second opinion or, or go to someone because... We had uh, a lad in, our, in the gym, and um, he hurt his knee like a, a year or two ago. And uh, came back and kind of rehabbed him up and was playing, moving mm. well. And But he always was having issues with it and went to loads of different physios. And one was saying, oh, we don't know what's wrong. And another one said it was meniscus. And another one said it was a plate. And went back and forward, and there was really no, like, there was no... F- information further forward but still was moving really well in the games and then in a, in a final championship game uh twisted on it and went down and um went to uh i think it went to a specialist a specialist like i you've done the acl and the likelihood is you probably done it two years ago oh my god so like that could have been sorted you know so much longer and i think it's just a good example that even if somebody is a professional in their field mm-hmm. you know just you double check these yeah. things like but oh. unfortunately you, you only learn that through you, you, you learn through, it through yeah. the hard way. Yeah, unfortunately. Like. That's, that's, that's got me here, that there. That's, but that ho- happens way too often, unfortunately. Like. It happens all the time, but I think it is a good thing, you know, if you can get the specialist, if you have an injury or if you're, yeah. whatever it is, you know, physios and doctors are all obviously well-intentioned, yeah. well-educated, but sometimes, sometimes um, information changes and research yeah. changes, like. And, look, I, and as I said, like, I, I would have been in the same boat. I would have been sitting there for another year out let yeah. my hand heal naturally <coughs> if I happen. wasn't so fortunate that Paul McCormick got me in with, when with the, the top hand surgeon in the yeah. country I, I would probably I would probably wouldn't be sitting here today because yeah. I would have had to pack in fighting what do you think you would have done if you packed in fighting oh Jesus don't talk to me I honestly I don't know <laughs> maybe went back to the guy <laughs> fuck me yeah. no I, I don't know after after turning professional and just setting my mind on it and just saying this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my yeah. life I, I honestly don't know like I always yeah. had a, I had to think about it when I was when I broke the hand the third time and I'd, I didn't want to put too much thought into it because uh, to me, I don't like having plan B's yeah. I like only having a plan A and that's it I agree. and that's what I'm doing so I think like I get in the Q&A's and Sunday people will ask me like what would you do if you weren't doing this and I have actually no idea you know, you sit and think, and then you're like, fuck, I don't even know what they're doing. There's nothing else that really goes. That's what I'd like uh, to do if I wasn't doing this. It is hard. It's hard to find. Like, I actually was thinking about this last night, like, how fortunate. Um, I was writing a wee journal, I write in at night, and I actually wrote how about how fortunate I was. It was like a wee gratitude journal. Yeah. And I was writing about how great or how fortunate I am to have found my passion at such a young age. Yeah. And I sort of thought, <laughs> and I thought about the podcast we're doing today, and I was like, thinking about you and i was like just sort of thinking like like we we are very fortunate to that we're so young and, and we know yeah. what we want to do and i was and then i thought like why why did i find it like what what caused me to find this and then uh, what caused me to sort of say this yeah. is what i want to do for the rest of my life and i was thinking it was like it was what done it for me was was getting out and, and traveling around the world and sort of seeing what else there is in around the yeah. world and talking to other people in different fields and then that sort of gives you the, the guidance of and the, the sort of the realisation of this is what I want to do yeah. do you know what I mean 
I think so. Like, uh, what about yourself? Like, how did you come to the realization? Like, I was really lucky. I have two older brothers, uh-huh. and they would be a good bit older than me. Like, um, so they were they were jumping away, um, and I would have maybe only been about thirteen or fourteen at the time. And I had, I can still remember uh, one day them coming to the living room and they were chatting about uh, deadlifting. And one saying I deadlift this and all that, and I didn't even fucking know what the deadlift was at this <laughs> stage because this is way before like gym gym going was a big thing, yeah. like. And um, about ten I'd years ago, or I would have been probably. Yeah. And um, I remember hearing that being like, <coughs> "Fuck, I want to be a want to be a part of that because yeah. you're your younger brother. You want to be like your 100%. your two older brothers." And um, then eventually they took me to the gym, and I remember my brother put me down under a bench the first time. I think I was fourteen, and I was just like, "Let's see how much you can bench." Uh-huh. I bench forty kilos. And you felt like fucking on top of the world, <laughs> and it, it same as like you said, it was just an addiction. It was going every yeah. night and every night, and me and my cousin were going, and um, then it was like I was getting pretty big, and people were noticing, and then mm. like I was starting to train ones in the football team when I was seventeen, and in, in the garage, serious at my house, like not getting paid or anything. Yeah, it was yeah. just like I wanted the I wanted to share it, and I think you know a, a after time, you, like it was as soon as I remember having thoughts in my head at that time when I went in, like love to have a gym uh-huh. but like you know no one that's ever done that within the area or in your family and it's like you know when I say it yeah but you're thinking I remember my brother said to me one day he's like you should think about you know whenever you're older open up a gym and it uh-huh. was just like you know that this is I've been accepted this is yeah. accepted yeah. this is acceptable and since that point like my ha- intentions have been working the strength conditioning field uh-huh. um opening up the gym the past year has been something that probably didn't expect to happen so soon but you know, it's when did you open it? It was the start of the year. It's been the new place has been open since uh, about seven or eight months now. Great job. But then the wee tin shed was uh, wee tin shed. The wee tin shed <laughs> was a year and a half ago. That's a uh, official um, uh, merchandise there. Uh, f- official copyright. Fucking right. But um, <laughs> I I was just I knew exactly from that from that young age that this is what I was going to go into and there was nothing else that was even like oh this is what you could do or not do so how how was it training like people your own age and stuff like that when you were 17 in the the shed like were you taking like the football team as well it was strange like it was two lads and um, one of the lads is still actually training in the gym now like and the other lad um, a Quinn Strength OG then Quinn Strength OG (laughs) as far back as he can fucking go and uh I was I just I loved it like yeah. and I think I realise now and I realise it all the time and it's probably the same for yourself. Whenever you are see whenever I'm or I'm working with in front of a team or when I'm actually in coaching somebody in specific movements, you uh you just don't think about anything else. Like you're in this kind of void Full and state. you're in this you're in this void and nothing else. Yeah. You know, just in that second everything sort of goes away and I think that's the thing I really like about it. You're just it's just that we void like hundred percent. That's your um, flow state. And that's it. And that's it. That's the same as if I'm hitting pads or whatever. Yeah. Mean, that that's what the flow state is. You're you're not your th- mind is not wandering. It's just like meditation. Yeah. Your mind's not wandering. It's just uh, it's focusing like the single thing, and I time just goes by like that. Well, that's it. Like, and I think um, you know, like uh, people will probably you know look at it and be like, um. You could look at sort of me setting up the gym and stuff and be like, fuck, fair play, that's impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I was just, as you said, very fortunate that from 14 or 15, mm-hmm. so like people think, fuck, that happened in like a year. 
it's yeah. actually been nearly about 10 years now yeah. you know in the making because i've been focusing on it for so yeah. for so long and i think you're very fortunate when you find a passion whenever you're yeah. younger but that like if anyone was to ever ask me for a fucking career advice i would say figure out what your passion is and go down that route and if you don't know 100%. take your time to you know figure it out and yeah. it's maybe something you already are doing um that's it if you can if you can monetize it on your passion like to you're one of the most fortunate people in the world that's the way i see it i think so you have to remind yourself that though because there's times you you forget but um i it's it's fortunate like whenever you do have it 100 percent. and uh i I think that's one of the reasons like we we met up at the talk in belfast it's actually up my youtube anyone that's listening constraint go 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 fucking watch it um but we had a good conversation i thought your mindset was really good and here chatting about the journal and the meditation is your mindset something that you're working on a lot too well to me like uh, as Dominic Cruz said one of my favourite fighters and one of my inspirations getting three injuries Mm -hmm. he actually suffered three ACL injuries beat the world champion in a five round fight but um, as his quote it was fighting is 90% mental and 10% in your head obviously it's all all in your head mindset is absolutely everything especially uh, in high level performance sports especially like something like that that's so individual as well 100 percent. it's very it's very very individual of course <coughs> you have your team and all but it's you in there whenever you're fighting in the cage yeah. do you know what i mean you to, to me fighting it's just literally a big game of self-awareness it's like who is the most self-aware fighter is the best in my opinion mm-hmm. because you you need to be constantly analyzing your training analyzing what you're doing every day how your week was how you're sparring why you're sparring this way yeah and you also need to be you you really really need to get a check of your ego obviously there there is ego involved in fighting but there's there's certain amounts that are right yeah but like you need to be if you're just getting smoke blown up your hole do you know what i mean if you're if you're the man in the gym you're the top dog and you're just going out and you're you know i mean you're beating up everybody in the gym that can give you a false sense of i'm the man yeah you know i mean you need to be self-aware enough to look at your training and your surroundings and be able to say i'm not doing this right or i'm not doing this right do you mean or i'm slacking here i'm slacking here because you might say slack in a certain area but you're sort of naturally sort of better say at jiu-jitsu yeah and you're sort of smashing everyone like you need to be able to watch like a, a, a top fighter at your weight and say how would I go against him if, if we were to grapple right now? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, would he beat me? Because I can't, my ego can't be large enough to say, fuck it, do you know what I mean? Not. I, I can, can do anything, I'll walk in you one. You need to be in const- constantly in check of your ego and, and yes, mindset is, is absolutely everything in fighting. Like, it's, yeah. the way I see it, like, anybody can come into a gym. Anybody can come in and have a really, really good coaches, really good facilities and really, really good training partners world-class training partners yeah. and they might get to like an all right level and an amateur or, or even professional mm-hmm. because if you've got them surrounded it's easy for you to grow do you know what I mean if you've got really really good guys in the gym it's easy for you to build off that yeah whereas when it, co- when it comes excuse me <coughs> when it comes to high level like world championship level it doesn't ma- it doesn't matter who, who your training partners are who your coaches are yeah they might still be the best in the world but it doesn't matter. It's literally a mindset game. Yeah. It's all a mindset game. It's getting through trainings. It's getting through the weeks that you don't want to do. It's getting through it when you're injured or when you're sick and you've got to fight in three weeks for a world title. Yeah. Or, 
or on the top show in in Europe. How do you get through that? It's it's all mindset. It's not physical. Yeah, game. has to be like. And then apart from actually the training you're doing, are you doing anything else like mindset wise? Like, do you do a bit of meditation? Don't you? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Meditation's been. What been is it like? What is, you know, are you doing ten minutes uh, every day, or what? What way does that look? So, at the minute, so I'm actually it's it's funny because I'm probably <coughs> excuse me, my voice is going to be. <coughs> I'm right. probably meditating, meditating the least I have in the past. I, I think I started maybe, maybe close enough to four years ago. Like really? as I say, so so fortunate to just find these things at such a young age, yeah. and I think that was such a important thing of why I was able to turn professional uh-huh. at such a young age. But like as I say, it's funny because I'm probably meditating less now than I have in those four years. But the thing with meditation is like. It's just a constant practice of it's it's so so simple in theory. It, it's you're literally sitting yeah. down and you're focusing on your breath mm-hmm. and your breath is your anchor and you focus on your breath and when a thought arises in your mind, you just notice the thought, look at it for what it is, just another thought mm-hmm. arising in consciousness, and then come back to your breath again. And your breath is like your anchor, so you're just thinking about your breath, yeah. focusing on your breath. When a thought comes, you realize that's just a thought. Back to the breath when you sort of when you come to the realization of that's what it is like you can always you can always bring yourself back to that state once you know what you're looking for in meditation what you're looking for is is awareness of thought you're not looking for like some sort of zen state of mind that's mm-hmm. like a you know i mean that's you can't get there like i've been in some amazing states like in and like i've done like silent retreats where mm-hmm. i've literally been silent for a full week in in friggin in Thailand in the mountains <laughs> been silent for a week for a full week no phone no books no reading no talking no external stimuli right. it just it, it causes you to get in deeper into your mind and once you sort of get them insights of what was that like one of one of the best things I've ever done really yeah because as I say it's the insight that you get into the mind it's like once you get that insight you can bring that then into your everyday life mm-hmm. and that's why i'm probably not like i still meditate and i have my mindful like breaths throughout mm-hmm. the day but i know what i'm I'm looking for i'm looking to become yeah. more aware of my thoughts and as i said about earlier about self-awareness that's why i think my mindset's like ahead of anybody yeah. else in, in mma like i honestly do. yeah it seems like uh, uh, we've only chatted sort of once before this here but you, know, you get an impression you seem very clued in for someone that's, you know, obviously 100%. it's not like you're you're not old and have had years <coughs> and years and years yeah. to do this here, but like on the meditation thing, I've been doing uh, I've been yoga now a couple of months with uh, mm. Frankly Yoga and Dungiven. Big shout out, Frank. Shout out, Frank. But uh, it's like we were doing it, and he's trying to focus on the breath and all, and it's the fucking hardest thing in the world. Mm. And then like all these thoughts come in your head, mm. and like you're trying not to think about it, and then your head's away and. Yeah. Like fuck, I'm not supposed to be thinking about that, and then it's so but difficult. See, that's, like that's the misconception. It's so though, the, the people think I need to clear. I want to meditate because I want to clear my mind. Yeah, that's not <clears> like you don't start clearing your mind until you're fucking yeah. near Buddha level. You're enlightened. He's you know I mean? he's you telling me like you know aware. just accept it and yes. let it pass. And but it's you're like right, fair enough. And then your head starts going again. <laughs> but it's <laughs> you realize you've been lost in thought for about three I minutes. Know. You're like, what was I thinking about? I know. But even breathing properly, like I think. um I'd say about ninety nine percent of people don't breathe properly. Um, 
you know, in terms of like the belly breathing and all, mm-hmm. like I'm still learning about it. Um, do you have people doing that in your gym and stuff? Trying like to, like sessions? I was trying to do it with um, the rugby team I'm working with. So like in between who's the who's runs. Who's you're working with? Limavady Rugby oh, Team. Nice Rug- Valley Rugby Club. Um, going good at the minute as well. But anyway, um, in between their runs, I would have them come in and do like sets of belly breathing. Uh-huh. And like they, they do have a laugh whenever they're doing it. Like, so they're always... Like, I would give them active rest, and active rest could be them fucking wrestling or something. Mm. But anytime I shout, they're like, can we do the belly breathing? <laughs> I'm like, right, you're just like the best. But it's still like, you know, it's something I'm going to implement a few teams this year because it does just bring everything down yeah. so quickly, like, 100%. whenever you do it. Especially after a hard session, the adrenaline's firing. Yeah. That's, uh, I, I find, I train quite late at night. Uh, my last session doesn't finish till, like, after 9 o'clock. Right. So my adrenaline's firing. And I'll not be sleeping until like yeah. twelve one, unless I unless I do my belly breathing after. Mm-hmm. What I actually do is I do it in my car on the right. way home. I just focus on the breath yeah. and just about twenty good solid solid mm-hmm. deep long belly breaths just to sort of. I like just brings you back in. But it's like down regulating like your, your I think CNS so, I, or I, and then just it probably just lowers everything like the yeah. adrenaline lowers the heart rate. Um, but I think that's probably definitely a good shout after yeah. the after the session late at night. 100%. But it's oh. again, it's it's just trying to change your your mindset on it because you know whenever you're a, a man and you're going to do something like this mm-hmm. here, you feel a bit stupid. Yeah. But it's like anything. It just you know it's one of them things. It'll probably in a couple of years will yeah. catch on a wee bit more. But it's just 100. It takes time. Like I, I personally, I I think it's the most important thing. Like one of the most important things, skills yeah. that everybody should know. Like that's actually. When you when you asked me earlier about what would I do after um, if I couldn't I had to retire, one I think I, w- I would have been too young to do it at the time. But whenever I retire from fighting, when I finish, like w- whatever age, 30, 35, like one thing I want to do is something I'm so passionate about is bringing meditation into like schools and secondary Aye. schools, primary schools, and it's into gyms. It's trying to bring it in, in like a more acceptable way because the money that's that very stereotypical. 100%. It's trying to find yeah. a way to make it cool. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And that's what Son I really want to do with my platform in fighting is, is make it cool uh, to, to look after your, like your yeah. mental health and all that there because like that's, to me, there's nothing more important than being in control, not in control of your mind, but awareness of your own thoughts and self-awareness is the game for me like so like i think um i think you touched on it whenever you were doing that talk about mental health was like even mental health ways <coughs> you can it'll improve so much there too yeah. like and then combine that with exercise oh. it's better than any fucking drug like 100 percent, 100 percent. i'm sure you, you see that people like in the gym all the time people like every time you finish a session like yeah. when do you when are you ever feeling worse that's like, it, like how are people not just <laughs> working out every day it's insane to me like it's actually insane to me that people don't train every day i had this conversation yesterday about you know training how good it makes you feel and like it it is understandable you know i know it's very easy to sit and and talk away but if you're not in a good state mentally Mm -hmm. and you're not doing any exercise and you're eating shite food on a repetitive cycle and you're not doing anything you're just working maybe in something you don't like to do of course you're gonna be fucking feeling terrible if you get down to the gym and you're socializing, you're feeling good, you're out of breath, you're sweating. Like even whenever you're doing the running or the lifting, you feel like it's it's not that enjoyable. Mm-hmm. But afterwards, you feel you just get mm-hmm. high. That's hundred percent. That's um, what you're doing it for. But it's again, it's hard to take the step to do that because I think people are just um, you you seek comfort. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. That's you know, what humans are like. That's what you seek comfort, yeah. but it's not what we're designed to do. Mm. But it's 
it's easier said than done, I suppose, to try and get that way. Like, yeah. uh, said like ten years ago, like, like all this weights and strength conditioning wasn't really a big thing. Yeah. Like ten years is a not a lot of time. Like, no. if you look at history, like, it's not a lot of time. And you look at how many people are more people are working out now. Yeah. Like it's a pretty normal thing to do now. Like it whereas is. even ten years ago, it's like strength conditioning. Like what? what? It was still like a fifty-fifty. Should we yeah. do it? Should we not do whereas it? Whereas I hope that that's how it, it comes now with the meditation. I think it will. Like, like I think I it will. And mindfulness. I I th- I really really hope it does yeah. because there honestly is nothing more no more important than understanding your mind. Like I I think it's uh it's definitely something that's not really talked about enough or uh, at least explained enough to mm. people people just still have a misconception about it yeah um, like how are teachers supposed to teach it in school when they don't have a fucking clue well what's what it like like you know i mean that's what i really really want to do Aye. like after fine i want to i want to get like some sort of like a program or a charity or a business that comes in and people working know exactly what to say to kids that's for certain ages on how to train them yeah. about their mind like because there's nothing more important. <laughs> I keep saying it, but it's a good there's skill, nothing like more important I than your mind. Your mind is the basis of every relationship where you have, yeah. every conversation you have, everything you do. It, like it's just so important. Even career-wise and stuff too. Like you know, you're in a better place to make decisions. And hundred uh, percent. It's um. I think it's one of them things. You know, people are very much tapping into the physical side of things mm-hmm. now. People are more, more uh, attuned to it. But Definitely. it's it's that side of things is is needs to be brought up. Yeah, but even if you look five years ago like like it's how much better it is like the whole stigma around mental health like massive it's, like it's a lot better now like yeah, it's massive like i think there, and there's obviously so many more people are are talking about it now which is mm-hmm. good like um big uh place fullback for throwing uh, uh forgetting the name anyway cut, we'll cut it we'll fuck me <laughs> put that out my bad um i'll remember it straight away here now but he uh did a piece in Irish News mm-hmm. and um, he was chatting about, you know, dealing with depression and anxiety and it was uh, things like that and people coming out and talking like that and I think people on social media being a wee bit more open about it I think it's important because, you know, it's like mm-hmm. anything, if you if you have a, f- a physical illness, you'll talk to somebody about it. Uh-huh. But people are, are still, you know, unwilling if you're feeling bad anxiety-wise, even if it's something, you know, small. But um, I think still being able to deal with it yourself and, and those Mm. being able to learn how to meditate is is an important thing because yeah. I find even whenever I would get an anxiety around the gym you just get in a, w- a wee circle of thoughts yeah would and you get anxiety when you're coaching in the gym no, or just not, sort of not when you're so just, just more in like the actual you know admin side of things and more yeah. in Jesus um, is this going is this place going to stay open can it keep it mm. viable and even if there's no indication that's going to happen your your mind races yeah. on you that's um, it. That's just the the sort of how your mind works. The fighter, you know. Sort of. And I think as well, it's it's a good thing because it pushes you to work. But at the same time, it uh, it it can be debi- deb- debilitating. Yeah. Big word there. <laughs> but I'm now, you know, I feel like I'm a lot better at yeah. at handling it. Um, and it just takes a bit of time. But I think one of the big things is, you know, the breathing and thinking about your thoughts a wee bit mm. more and kind of letting them pass. And that's one of the things I think yoga's definitely helped me with. But yeah. it's uh attachment to thoughts like that's the whole the yeah. whole idea of buddhist teaching like it's just the attachment that people have to like to things do you know what i mean uh, and and to thoughts yeah you're attached to say this freaking water 
probably not a good <laughs> probably not a good uh example example is this water bottle but say that this gym yeah oh this gym like this is this is my gym and if i ever lose this i don't know what i'm gonna yeah. do or attachment to thoughts like i am paul and i'm an mma fighter but what if i'm freaking after retire like who, what yeah. do i do who am i like attachment and that's something that my injury actually taught me is like like i need to learn how to love myself outside of fighting uh, and not just be the fighter exactly it's not it's all well and good when you're yeah. training hard and you're fighting hard and yeah there's loads of hype and everybody oh you're the man because you're the fighter and and everyone's going great but what happens when that's all taken away from yeah. you do you still love yourself still there, like and to me that that is your attachment to yourself and to your ego yeah. so it's like that's one thing that, the, that my injury taught me um, and that's one thing that just obstacles in general can teach people like mm. as you were saying like anxiety and stuff but you're dealing with it better because you're 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 facing the obstacle straight on yeah. and that's how the obstacle the obstacle becomes the way in the end like that's the way I see it like it's yeah I think so like it's uh but that's definitely hopefully in the next couple of years that's becomes a bit more mainstream and yeah. people learn how to do it a wee bit more um, yeah but like it seems people are more open to things now and mm. I suppose only time will tell mm. um so you've been signed to cage warriors there recently yes now cage warriors is like <coughs> they would be pretty much so if you're looking to fight on the ufc you kind of want to be a champion mm -hmm. in cage warriors yes so you've just been signed to Cage Warriors now, so that's obviously the long-term goal, I'm guessing, is UFC. 100%. So, like, that's... Uh, my pathway is, is set. Like, I, I couldn't be any more fortunate, to yeah. be honest. Obviously, it's it's the hard work that, that got me here. Mm -hmm. But, so, as you say, I'm signed to Cage Warriors, which is the largest promotion and longest-running promotion in Europe. Right. I mean, it's world-renowned. Yeah. World, world mm -hmm. And that was where, like, McGregor, obviously, started too. Like. 100%. McGregor was the champion at my weight class. So I'll be going for for that belt. That's yeah. I will be winning that belt in the next two years. So that's obviously good for marketing. Will be winning. I like honor, that. Honor, but there's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. Like it's like I, the elimination I, of doubt is everything. I'm bought in. I believe you. Hundred percent. Like, do you see any doubt in my face? I don't see the doubt. Like Anyone you, can you watch, can watch uh, on YouTube and see this. <laughs> if, you, if you want to see an elimination of doubt, it's finest. Watch uh, <laughs> the, the post fight. My post fight uh, interview. My last fight in Kings uh -huh. Wears, and they're just interviewing me or whatever. And I just say at the very end of the interview, I just say, look right at the camera and I say, I'm going to be a world champion. Do you see do any doubt in my yeah. face? I'm going to be a world champion. And that was it. But I've been saying that since I was freaking 19. Do you know what I mean? It's it's not just something I've just in the last year. It's like I said that when I was 18, yeah. 19. But uh, yes, Cage Warriors, they're the best promotion in Europe by far. One of the biggest in the world. Mm -hmm. um, and as you say, they're partnered with the UFC. They, they work directly with the UFC. Yeah. So, they basically cage warriors are like the European talent scouts almost for the UFC, and if you become the world champion in cage warriors, you're basically unless you're fucking thirty five and you're past it and you've just mm -hmm. beat a bum, you will get a shot. But like. if you're young and and good, like you're you're going to the UFC, like it's it's simple, like it's yeah. done. They've the cage warriors have sent over I think it was over ninety fighters to the UFC. Really? So like uh, the statistics speak for themselves, like. Uh -huh. Um, so uh, the pathway set for me, it's, it's, uh, I'm saying now in a five fight contract, it's win them fights, get the world title and yeah. be in the UFC in the next two years. 
And would it be would it take you the five fights to get to the belt, or could you potentially get one or two fights, and then they say we're going to give you a shot now? So, uh, because I'm so young, and and cage wires are are investing me now, like they're coming, they're doing two shows in Belfast this yeah. year or next year, like, and like I I'm a, a large part of that reason. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because I they know I have the Belfast following. Mm-hmm. Like although I'm from Derry, yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. and then at the beginning of 2021 going for world titles yeah and I, I would just love for that to be in belfast as well yeah because uh i know that i know from inside info that the ufc want to come back to ireland a couple of times in the next few years mm-hmm. so if they've got their talent scouts in, in cage wires and that promotion building me here in belfast and, and the uk and europe like that's sort of what I'm visualizing here at the minute is world title in Belfast then UFC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there wouldn't be too many Irish actually in the UFC at the minute, would there? No. So the reason that is, um, there was a stage where there was maybe six or seven Irish guys signed to UFC. Yeah. McGregor was obviously the first um, to get signed. Um, <laughs> that was mad. I, I remember his first fight. He was fighting in Sweden or something. And it was at like 3 p.m. during the day here because of the time uh-huh. change. Just got signed in a couple of weeks' notice. And I had him as like a friend and all. Facebook guys, right. like a wee fanboy. Aye. This was maybe five, six years ago. And I remember when he won, I was just screaming the house down. Really? Because <laughs> I couldn't believe that an Irish guy Aye. got signed to the UFC and won, won. and won. Like to me, that was like an Irish guy going to the UFC, first of all, and actually winning. I was just like, holy it fuck. It can be done. It can be done. And then he kicked in the door then for. And at the time, there was like six. There's no one apart from McGregor, and the reason is that is that Cage Warriors was non-existent for maybe two years. Uh-huh. They were they were massive, and I think I'm not sure what happened, but basically they they had two years where they weren't putting on any shows. So the Irish fighters and the UK fighters, we had, we had no platform. Right, there really wasn't a platform for them to grow. There was a couple other shows, and they were good, but they weren't. They didn't have as good a relationship with the UFC as mm-hmm. Cage Warriors do, so there wasn't really a platform like for the guys to build. But now Cage Warriors have been back a couple of years, yeah. and now, as I say, they're coming. They're doing like they and there's some really really good young talent uh, in Ireland, like um, Joe McCogan, the teammate, uh-huh. and the likes of uh, young Ian Gary yeah. as well. He's a Dublin guy, same age as myself. Um, and uh, that's what Cage Warriors are, are based on. And yeah. Reese McKee, obviously. Yeah. Reese McKee uh, will be fighting for a world title soon. Like, So, uh-huh. the, the, the pathway set, it's, I, I'm so fortunate. Like, Yeah, it's just executing it now. That's it. It's, it's executing, as you say. Like, But the, the hard work. Do you know what I mean? Nothing has changed. It's yeah. just going to be the same thing. 